because I'm talking about emotion today, right? So we've done the mind, we did the will, and now we're doing emotion. And so this is all coming out of the, the third John uh, 1 verse 2. In the NIV, it says, Dear friend, I pray that you may enjoy good health and that all may go well with you, even as your soul is getting along well. The, NK, the New King James says, Beloved, I pray that you, may be, that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. And so as we've been looking at this, you know, and the, one of the challenges like with a, a, a message series is that it, it sounds like these are discrete topics. Like there's your mind over here, there's your will over here. And then for most of us in the church, if we're honest, the emotions are packed up in a box in that back room. And, and so there's part that it's time to unpack the emotions and actually look at what this is because this is a, a significant, huge part of the heart of God. And, and I've, I've been wrestling even with the, you know, we talk about the soul like it's separate from our spirit. And there's part where when I look at what is in the spirit, there's emotions in the spirit. God it feels joy. He is peace. He had anger. And so we look at this, and we, and we kind of wrestle, and we're like, well, I really don't know what to do with my emotions, so I'll just ignore them, yeah. right? I mean, that's, and, and candidly, in the church, that's a lot of what we do. I grew up in a, in a very legalistic, uh, I think we were technically listed as a cult because we didn't believe in the Trinity, and we had all kinds of other, I've come a long way, folks. And so, it, but I'll tell you, but what we did was we fed the mind, and if we used emotion at all, it was fear. And so we go, I'm going to feed you. I'm going to give you knowledge. And you will be smarter than the other people. You will know things about the Bible other people don't know. Right? And so that was the hook to get you in where they could control you and use fear to manipulate you. And if we're honest, that's where a lot of us, I, I thought that was unique to, to my weird brand of Christianity. And I discovered as I grew up that other people play this game too. And, and so it became this wrestling with what do we do with our heart? And what, what is this soul prosperity that John was talking about that when we have it, other things in our life go well? Because if your soul prospers, you prosper. I mean, when you look at the research, Americans are very sick. We spend more. We have some of the best medical providers, best, best medical research in the world, and we are sicker than almost everybody else. I propose it's not the medicine. What is going on in your soul? We have more depressed people than almost any other country. We have more high blood pressure, more stress. What are those things? Those are things from your soul that are manifesting in your body. And so it's like, well, you know, we can, you can diet and exercise and, and solve a lot of that. But you know what exercise does? It helps release some of the stress. You're stressed. Why are you stressed? What, what is weighing you down? Those are the, the questions that we have to ask to go, if I am not prospering the way that I think God is calling me to prosper, that my soul is doing well, 
that my body is doing well, that my career or my finances are doing well, that my relationships are doing well, then what, what is happening? And so it, it, it begs this question of going, there must be something more. And so there's this tension that, that I, I see in, in how we are approaching what's happening in us. And sometimes it can be hardest when you know the truth, but you are not feeling the truth. And so we talk about, oh, the 18 inches, if I could get what's in my head and my heart. But nobody seems to really ask, what's going on in my heart? Why is there fear? Why is there anger? Why is there uh, discouragement and frustration and aggravation? And so it, it, emotions are a great warning system. They're a great flag to say, hey, something is going on. Pay attention. I have like two points today. The first one is pay attention. Pay attention. Your heart is teaching you. It will tell you. It will guide you. It will, you have, if you've come into a relationship with Christ, you have a new heart. That deceitful, wicked heart that Jeremiah talked about is not in you. But your soul and, and your heart is saying, hey, there's some junk that's happened to you. Deal with it. But that leads to point number two. Tell the truth. If you lie to yourself, nothing is available to you. The kingdom cannot access if you lie to yourself because it's by faith that you appropriate it. So everything that Christ has done for you is like, I feel like there's this gap. I said yes to Jesus and I can't get over the gap. It's because there's a lie that is holding you back and you've made an agreement that I will never forgive that person. I will never do this. I will always have something that's... And, and then what we find is the very vow that we said locked us in where we're not experiencing what God has called us for. And so I, I want to encourage you, pay attention because sometimes we lock ourselves in so deep that we, we, don't, we don't want to address the hurt to get us out. Chris Valentin says that you can only experience love to the extent that you're willing to be hurt. Because if you say, I will never hurt, and you lock down your heart, you, love can't get in either. And so when, when we get hurt, then the question becomes, how do we process what's happened to me? How do we be honest? Because, you know, I've been in church all my life. And we all wear masks. We come in, how are you? Oh, I'm good. Now listen, there's, a, there's wisdom in knowing who to kind of share. You know, you don't come in and like emotionally like vomit over everybody from the door to the pew, right? I mean, we, we need wisdom, but you need to be in relationship. That's why we have community collectives. That's why we have opportunities to connect so that you can find a safe place to be vulnerable and go, this is what I'm dealing with. And in relationship, we believe that, that discipleship happens in the context of relationship. And, and as it's iron sharpening iron, as you take turns saving each other. Because there's not like, hey, I got it all together, you know. 
me and Jesus are much better than you and Jesus. You know, it's just like, so right, so that's pride, right? So there's, there's a few, <laughs> there, there's a few elements. Um, as, I've, as I've worked with different ministries and things, you see some commonalities. Fear, pride, unbelief, trauma, and I've, the, the new one that I've been wrestling with is disappointment. Because if you walk, especially in, in a kind of a high faith movement where faith is very important and, and you feel like you're listening and you feel like you're pressing in and you feel like, God, I, I'm going for it. I'm seeing what's in the kingdom. And then it doesn't work out the way you thought. That disappointment is so profoundly deep. And, it, it, and if we don't process it, if, we don't, if we're not able to be honest and go, I thought you said this, God, and I'm not seeing it. And, and being able to walk within a community of believers who can have faith for you when you're feeling discouraged, then it becomes you're just alone in your disappointment, in your missed appointment. There was an appointment that you thought you had, and it, somehow you missed it, and so fear comes in, unbelief comes in. There's all of these, these arrows that the enemy shoots at us, right? We take up the shield of faith to extinguish the fiery darts of the enemy and they come in through trauma and fear and disappointment and these, these events that happen to us. And so the Lord wants to call you to a higher level of faith. He wants to empower you to see more of the kingdom come. You are the transition piece between the spiritual and the natural. The, when, when Jesus is in you and you are in him, you are the divine connection to pull from the kingdom into the natural. That's why you're left here. When we have bad, I, was it last week Jordan called it exit theology? When we have bad theology that says, I'm just here to punch the clock until I get out, then we don't realize <clears throat> that we're here to pull from the kingdom and release it in the natural. Jesus is seated, but he is waiting for all things to be brought under his feet. <clears throat> and so there's part. There's part where there, there's this, this tension. I feel like sometimes we, we're, we're not honest in the church that like our faith experience is like watching back to the future. Like, there's a ripple in the space-time continuum, right? And you need, like, the crazy guy with the wild white hair going, you know, <clears throat> we got a crazy guy. <laughs> but we're, <clears throat> we're looking, and, and we're not willing to wrestle with the tension of everything is done, but it's not yet all visible. And, and <clears throat> that wrestling is often where our disappointment comes from. I don't understand. I don't see this. I don't, God, what's happening? And if, we, if we're not honest, then it's hard to get breakthrough because then shame comes on and then disappointment and then we, we tend to pull away from the community because we're like, well, you know, and, and this is a lie. It must be you. If you had more faith, you would have saw things differently. And so if we're not in a relationship with a body of believers to go, that's a lie. Keep pushing. Keep praying. 
we're not going to stop until we see the kingdom come. That was Caleb's last message on the will. It's, it's harnessing your will to say, I am not going to quit until I see what the Lord has told me is going to come to pass. Because I've been, I've been thinking about emotion, emotion, energy in motion. And a lot of times the reason that you may not be seeing the full power of God is that emotion contains power. We talk, so like sports is like the only area that guys can have like positive emotion, right? Like when the team is going well, you say, ah, that's the only time. Otherwise guys are like, I only feel anger. Right? It's like Batman. My kids are young, so we watch the Lego Batman, not the adult Batman movies. And so, you know, Batman's like, I only feel rage. 24 7, 365. And I'm like, but that's where most guys are. If I, I, the only emotion I can express is anger. Otherwise, it's like flatline. It's not there. And, <clears throat> but when we look, I mean, if you look at David, that dude was bipolar. Like, he struggled with depression. He's all over the place. I mean, you read the Psalms and you're like, crush the bones, break the arms and teeth of my enemies. And it's like, but you, Jesus, are, you know, my provider. Like, I mean, it turns and you're kind of like, your Zoloft kicked in, I guess. I, you know, uh, <clears throat> but there's, there's part. But what we see with David was he was honest. He was so raw and transparent with God that it's like, you know, because we're all like, well, I don't think Jesus would break the teeth of his enemy, so I don't want to say it. But that's what you're feeling, and so you've got to get it out so that you're like, oh, that's what I'm feeling, so that I can then take it to Jesus and go, Jesus, you are my peace. You are, and if you think about the fruits of the Spirit, peace, joy, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control, how the bulk of those are emotional. I feel peace. What is that? You don't think peace. You feel peace. You don't think joy. You feel joy. And so <clears throat> there's part when in our faith tries to just stay in our head and we don't own the fact that there is power. If we say the joy is our, our, our joy is our strength. It's a stronghold. There's part that's like, but you've got to feel it. You can't, I think, I think I have joy. I think I have joy. Right? It doesn't work. That's not how it works. And you can't, I mean, you can, <coughs> you can think, your thinking has an element to it. But if you look anatomically, the thinking part is the executive function. It's in the front of your head. Your feeling is in the, like, center of your brain. There's the amygdala, which is like your fear center, and there's the hippocampus. And like uh, my undergraduate degree is in um, physical therapy, so I spent like six months dissecting the body. Like that was the coolest part of the whole program. And so like I, like I kind of geek out on some of the on the anatomy part. But when you realize what happens when you stay in fear, when you are <coughs> depressed, when you have these things happening, your brain is rewiring itself. What you think about the most creates the strongest neural connections. And that becomes, it's like a, there's this thing called a record. Some of you are old enough to know what they are, right? So you have a groove in vinyl that the needle plays. And you, as soon as the needle hits that track, 
it plays the same song. Your brain does the same thing. When you think repeatedly about, repeatedly about something, it creates that groove, and when the needle hits it, when that happened with my mom, and then that happened with the neighbor kid, and then that, like, you can almost go back, and it's the same thing that you're thinking about every single time. And you experience the same emotions every single time. So there's part that the mind, the will, and the emotions all work together. If you're in the emotional state, you're not thinking about solutions. It's all emotion. <clears throat> and so like the cognitive behavioral psychologists, um, they, they are trying to help you think differently to think your way out of your problem. There's a part of that, and the reason why they, they still do that is there's a part that works, but it's incomplete, right? You need the revelation of truth, and you need a breakthrough to, to, to walk out acknowledging what happened, bringing it to the cross, allowing Jesus to bring you healing so that even if your brain hits that needle and you go, well, all those things happen, the emotion that you feel, the shame, the fear, the whatever it is, the, the trauma that came in through that can be taken away. It's nailed to the cross. But if you can't go there in your heart, you can't take it to the cross. If you put it in a box in the back room, it just festers. It's like yeast. Like it's going to blow the can open at some point. I mean, they talk about midlife crisis and all this stuff. When you get to your 40s, you finally can't keep lying to yourself. That it just, the pressure just builds, and then it just explodes one way or the other. And so it either goes out or it implodes in, and we just, we see the, I mean, suicide is so big right now. The, the level, uh, the amount of suicide that young men are experiencing and, and are happening is, is just, it's growing. They're dying faster that way than any other um, avenue. Number one cause of death for, for young men. Unless you're African American and then it's homicide. And so when, they, when we look at this, they're going, the number one problem is an identity issue. That's what... That's what Jamie and that ministry is, is trying to tackle is going, when you know who you are, you have hope. And so there's part that's going, we need to, to call forth an honesty about where we're at and then recognize our identity of whose we are, where we're going, and the hope that he gives us. I have like four sermons, so I'm trying to like narrow this down to a few things. I just want to run through a few uh, verses as we, as we look at this. Um, in Philippians 4, 7, it says, And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Peace this spiritual, emotional connection that is Jesus, that comes from Jesus, it surpasses your understanding. You can't teach someone into peace. You experience peace. But it guards your heart. 
and your mind. So as we come into the fullness of soul prosperity, of our emotions being whole, of uh, experiencing God's peace, we can do that when, we become, when we're honest and we say, this is where I am, God. This is what you want to do. This is what you say. Help me. Guard my mind. Guard my heart. Guard. Be, and, and, but then there's, there's part. Proverbs 4.23. I've got a, a couple of different versions here. Um, the Passion Translation says, So above all, guard the affections of your heart, for they affect all that you are. Pay attention to the welfare of your innermost being, for from there flows the wellspring of life. Above all. How important is this? What is your number one spiritual priority? Stewarding your heart. Because as you pay attention to what's happening here, then the Word of God can wash your mind. You can learn what needs to change. The affections of your heart affect all that you are. Pay attention. We go through life numb. I, I wrestle every day with the Facebook scroll. But what I realize, the number one thing that it does, it's a checkout. Oh, oh. You get a little dopamine kick in your brain every time something cool. Oh, look at that. People falling over. <laughs> 20 different ways you can biff it, right? You know, and so it's just like, <laughs> or cat memes, you know, it's, it's, it's one of two. But we're checking out. We're, we're, it's, 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 it's a disengagement from what's happening. I can just scroll and I can live vicariously through the best face other people are putting on. And it, it's going, how? Why, why, do, why live vicariously? Jesus has called you to live an abundant life, to live to the fullest. Pay attention to the welfare of your innermost being. From there flows the wellspring of life. Jesus is that fountain, that river that flows through us. He wants to bring you understanding, insight. You know, I think about George Washington Carver. And he's like, how many, I want to ask how many people know who he is. He was a um, scientist. And he discovered all kinds of stuff about the peanut. But he was a Christian, and he asked the Lord, Lord, you know, what do you want to tell me about um, like world peace and, and like the Lord's like that's too big for you. Well, what about going on in the state? That's too big for you. Well, what about what's going on in my community? That's too big for you. Well, what do you want me to do? I want you to work on the peanut. All right, but he's got like tons of patents. He he had tons of patents on the peanut. He created peanut butter, which is the number one product that my oldest son eats. Right? <laughs> Gideon is sustained on peanut butter, and so I am appreciative of George Washington Carver, but. <clears throat> The Lord gave him a very specific niche, and then within that, he was able to unlock secrets that the Lord had put into a peanut. Like, sometimes we're like, oh, Lord, I'm, I'm you know, we, we pray for peace in our city. It's got to start in your house. It's got to start in you. If you can't have, if you can't manage peace in your house, there's no way it's coming to the city. And so as we 
emotionally get ourselves operating to a place of peace as we connect with God and say, God, you are my peace. Flow through me. Pay attention. One of the things that I have found, one of the best success tips for my marriage, for my parenting, and for my well-being is to pay attention to what I am feeling. Because there are times I can be driving home and I am in a reasonably good mood. I walk into the garage and I am like aggravated. I am like, I don't know. It just, it's like it jumps on me. Think about the words that we use to describe what's happening to us. I have a monkey on my back. I feel like I'm carrying the weight of the world. We have language, and none of us have paid attention to the fact that our language is describing a spiritual reality that's happening on, on us, to us. You tell the monkey on your back to get off. You don't have to carry the weight of the world. This, this spiritual heaviness that we carry, right? In Hebrews it says, let us throw off the weight that so easily entangles us. This, the sin, the, uh, the, um, just the, this, this spiritual gunk that can jump on us. And what I found is if I come home and I am aggravated, I have to pay attention to what's happening so that I can tell aggravation to leave. And when that happens, I don't feel so aggravated. And if you experiment with this, you're going to find a level of victory that you didn't think was possible because you thought that was just you. I'm always in a bad mood. I'm always aggravated. I'm always frustrated, right? No. But you've got to pay attention to go, if you can name it, you can tell it to leave. If you can name the negative emotion that's jumping on you, tell it to leave. Frustration. Fear. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. What is fear? It's a spirit. So you've got to pay attention to what's happening to your heart because you are the connection between the physical and the spiritual. And so what's happening is there, <clears throat> in, in Hebrews 5, it says, let us discern good and evil. Yeah. One of the ways to say that is let us train our senses to discern. There is a physicality to the, uh, the there's a physicality to the uh, spiritual that we have a vocabulary for, but we, we don't pay attention to it. It just kind of flows under the radar. And so this weight, this monkey, all this stuff. And to be honest, the church is so afraid of the new age, we've let them eat our lunch and steal our inheritance. <clears throat> if you look, I was in science class, and so if you're in like a physics class, there's, it's, it's all about like the electromagnetic field and they got like this right hand rule and things if current flows this way, the electromagnetic field. I had to like learn all this stuff. So at least I'm going to tell it to you so that it became useful in some sense, right? So, yeah. Thanks for humoring my nerd moment, right? But if you think about it, right, if you have electricity flowing through you, right, what are your nerves? They're electric. There's electricity flowing through you. You, you are an electromagnetic field. You can take a picture of it. Now we go, well, we don't want to talk about auras. Well, it's not an aura. You've got an electromagnetic field, and, and there are, there's a spectrum to it. 
we, 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 we're so afraid of, of, of somehow being weird or like new agey that, <clears throat> that, listen, the reason people are attracted to that is because there's just enough truth that, that they're like, the church isn't talking about how my energy is. And so the, the, we're just like, <clears throat> my trains of thought are like, put, put them back on the rails. Uh, but, but when we look at it, and, and <clears throat> we need to be discerning on what is happening. And, and, and when, we, when we refuse to engage in areas, we lose the opportunity to create a vocabulary to describe what's happening. And so when we, when, if, you, if, if all you say is, that's, that's blue, my shirt's blue, but it's not that blue on the wall. Right? You need a greater vocabulary to say, well, that's a light blue, and this is closer to, I don't know, royal blue, navy, not even quite navy. But, you know, right? And so you, the more we're able to create a vocabulary to discern what is happening, the greater our understanding and the greater our ability to bring the kingdom to these areas so that we can walk in healing and wholeness for our own bodies. So as, as we... I just, in the Amplified, it says, watch over your heart with all diligence, for it, from it flows the springs of life. How many of you need refreshing? How many of you would like to be, like, able to refresh yourself? Right? I mean, we, this is the resting place. We want to operate from a place of rest where we're not striving. But if you try to cap a spring, you're, you're try, it's like taking a soda bottle, putting your thumb over it, shaking it, and then going, I'm not going to let anything out. The pressure just builds until it sprays all over the place. And that's what's been happening where we go, I want still water, not the carbonated shaken kind, and I want... I want it to just flow. That's God's intent for your heart to be able to flow with him from a place of rest. The number one thing that blocks that are the lies that we believe. That, that's not for me. I hear you say that, but I don't think that could ever happen. Right? And if you pay attention, your lies will show themselves. And it's really, it's, the kingdom is so funny. Like, to me, because I spend my time thinking about, like, I try to think about deeper things and sophisticated things. And I practice law during the week. And so we're always <clears throat> doing nuances in our contracts and everything. And yet, the, the kingdom has this tension. Like, God created, like, black holes, quarks, you know, physics stuff that, like, we're still just discovering now. But he makes coming into the kingdom so simple. He doesn't want anyone to perish. And so he says, listen, just come to me. Put your faith in me. And we have all of these emotions that are super complex and how we... Um, engage with the world, how our dysfunctions <laughs> don't function in the world, how we, um, how all of our lies and unbeliefs are all tangled up. 
But if we come to him, and it's like, this is a mess, God. He's able to, like, find the first string to pull that unwinds the whole knot. And he wants to do that for you today. He wants to do that for you today. That when you pause, when you rest, when you say, I'm not going to strive for my healing. I'm not going to strive for my provision. I'm going to just rest. And God, would you reveal to me the lie that I believe that you want to deal with today? Because you don't even have to tackle them all in one day, right? Because we're, we're the overachiever Christians that are like, Jesus, take all the lies. <laughs> right? But he goes, listen, you had, you know, how old are you? That many years of wrapping up lies. And we have a, we have a, a tension between the fact that everything is done in the kingdom. Jesus paid it all. He is our, 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 our everything. Everything you need for life and godliness is available. And so the, the, the tension that we walk are what are the facts that I'm experiencing right now? Because if we just see that, we're not paying attention to what's happening here. And if all we do is focus here, we never see everything that's available to us. And so we walk this tightrope between these are the facts that are in front of me. Your bank account is giving you facts. Your health is giving you facts. That diagnosis is a fact. We don't want to live in a place that denies what's in front of us. But we want to take what is true. Jesus is truth. So there's truth and there's facts. And if you can start to walk that tension between these are the facts that I see, this is the truth that Jesus says, and there's a gap. Jesus, how do we translate what is true to, to have preeminence over the facts that I see? And if you can start to wrestle with that tension of going, Jesus, your word says this. And I'm not seeing it because my facts say this. That's where we go. And I'll tell you one of the number one things that I've seen that we miss in the church, and one of the reasons why I like what what Jamie is doing, is these kids are at risk. You know what they need? Skills. Someone, they need relationship and skills. And, And somehow we forget that as Christians, that we need skill. Jesus, your word says that, you know, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Yeah, but sometimes if you're going to run, drive a car, you need to know how to turn the key or push the button now. Right? You got, like, there's a skill to driving. Now, the Lord may supernaturally download a driving skill, but for the most part, our life doesn't work like the Matrix movie where, like, you get a download and you're like, I know Kung Fu. Right? Like, it, it doesn't, typically work that way. There's a process. When God makes an oak tree, he starts with an acorn. Now, he can supernaturally manifest a full tree, but for most of us, we have a process of growing because it's a strengthening of your spirit, of your soul, and and how all this works is to go, 
my, uh, my will has to come in and say, God, that is what's true. I'm going to work. And help me see, right? Your mind can be, is a problem-solving machine. So you go, all right, Lord, there's a problem because I see this in the kingdom and I don't see this here. Lord, I need solutions. I need divine direction. But often he gives you skill. Some of you are broke because you just need more skill. I mean, at the end of the day, like, we can pray for gold to fall out of heaven. But, yeah, you still got to manage it. And, and, uh, and <clears throat> you're like, you got to figure out how, how you're going to pay taxes on that. You got to render under Caesar. Right? And, and so there's part that you want to be a good steward Right? I mean, when you look at the parable of the talents and the minas, Jesus is like, there's like a king, and he gives people these chunks of money, and then he leaves. And then he comes back, and he says, so what did you do? These guys, two out of the three, knew how to double their money. I'm like, I, I need to know what they're doing. Right? Because <laughs> I need to take my minas and, and, and double those things. But they knew how to do that, and they were rewarded. What did they have? They had a skill that was able to take the divine talent and multiply it so that when the king returned, there was a return back. And so we've got to wrestle with the fact that everything we need for life and godliness is available in the kingdom, but we are stewards of where we are and, and our community. For peace to reign in Tampa, we need new skills. I don't want to... to downplay the power of prayer, but there's been prayer revivals in this town for hundreds of years. I propose that we're missing a piece. It's not the prayer part, it's the skill part. How do we steward our city in a way that impacts it for the kingdom? And we need to reach at-risk kids. So uh, with the different uh, ministry highlights, whether they're in um, foster care. I just like left my mind. And so whether they're in foster care, whether they're at risk in families, like th there are skills that we're, we're, we're teaching, we're growing to go, if you want to impact the level of poverty, it's not just throwing money at it, it's teaching them skill and identity and that there can be a future and that you can, you can do and be more than the community that you're growing up in. And so we want to, to call you to a higher place of going, God, teach me how to steward my heart so that I can then see what are, what's the skill gap that I need so that I can impact the kingdom at a greater level. Because if you've got a $10 budget and a $100 problem, you've you got to grow into that. You've got, you got a $90 challenge to overcome but it's going how do what what kind of christian do i need to be to steward the hundred dollar problem because there's a different set of skills there's a different set of uh of heart position a, a a greater level of going all right god how do i hear from you at this level and so i just i want to encourage you today pay attention Tell the truth. 
to yourself. Come on, Wyatt. So I just as as we as we come to a close, I just I just want you to pause. Just close your eyes for a minute and ask the Lord, Lord, is there a lie that I believe? about me. And this may be something that you need to take the rest of the day and kind of process. But if the Lord showed you something, if something popped up into your mind, because that's often the way it is, right? He communicates to our spirit and then our brain has to kind of put words to it. But if something popped in, it's just, again, like, like the level of faith to come into the kingdom. In Jesus' name, I just renounce the lie. I break agreement with it. I break agreement. That's not true anymore. The facts still may look the same, but that is not true anymore. And I'm going to walk differently. Jesus, what is the truth? Ask him what the truth is. He's going to be the revelation of truth because he is truth. So as, uh, as we close, I just I want to encourage you. Pay attention. Tell the truth. Jesus is going to walk with you in this journey, and it's going to be amazing. You're going to see levels of success and opportunity come to you because your heart is able to handle it. Jesus, I thank you for every person here and everyone that's watched online. And I just pray, Lord, that you would just release a grace. Lord, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, Lord. But there is truth, there is light, there is hope. And I just pray over everyone today that they would experience your truth, your light, your hope. And that it would bring a wellspring out of their heart that, that produces good fruit. It produces the fruits of the Spirit. It produces peace and joy and patience and kindness and goodness and gentleness and self-control because that is their inheritance. Thank you, Jesus, and we pray this all in your name. Amen.